a great way to, you know, begin the week that we have our spring share-a-thon because we like to highlight why is Catholic Radio important. And, uh, wow, to have the president of the Catholic Foundation, the board chair of the Catholic Foundation, and now, not that he's any stranger to these airwaves or this studio, but uh, first time in studio as the official president of the University of Dallas, Dr. Jonathan Sanford. Good to see you. How are you doing? It's great to see you, Dave. It's great to be here. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I, you know, the very first time you and I ever met, uh, I was emceeing a homeschool conference. That's right. Over, I think it was Arlington. in Great, it was yeah. at Arlington, yes. and they've got this professor from University of Dallas is going to be talking about this or that, and I got to introduce you, Dr. Jonathan Sanford. I didn't know anything about you, and, uh, uh, well, here you are as, as president. So congratulations. That's I really cool. appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, and also <laughs> I got to thank Clara Venegas, uh, Chief Marketing and Communication Officer at the University of Dallas, because, uh, you know, sometimes some people make interviews a lot easier, and she's been providing me a lot about a background. And as many times as I've met you and been on the air with you, I didn't know a lot. I'd forgotten that you and uh, Rebecca have nine children. That's true, nine kids. And one grandchild. Yeah, and the second on the way. Is so that right? Early September, we'll have our, our second grandchild. Yeah, I want to just read a, a couple of the bits of information uh, regarding your bio. Of course, I think that's the most important thing. You're a, you're, you're a parishioner at St. Rita in Dallas. That's right. And one of your children is actually a student at the University of Dallas, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's a transfer student. So I, um, that means I need to refine my pitch for prospective <laughs> students. But, but he, he was at another university and in an honors program there. And when, when, um, that university decided not to, um, have in-person classes, he thought, well, I'll, I'll try a few, a few classes at the University of Dallas and, and just fell in love with, mm-hmm. with the university. And, yeah. uh, um, the friendships that form there are really outstanding. Yeah. I want to, we got, uh, uh, almost 30 minutes to do this. I want to spend the first half on you and then the second half on the university, your vision for it. And you put out a great video that Claire sent to me about a three minute video talking about, uh, the plans forward and what a unique place this is. But let's, uh, talk about your education background. I didn't realize all this. Uh, summa cum laude Xavier University. Uh, degree, classical languages and philosophy in 1997. Is that Cincinnati? That's Cincinnati, yes. Okay, yeah. Jesuit, so I, Jesuit school? Jesuit school, and, um, you know, I, I, uh, I went there because of this particular program called the Honorum Artis Baccalorum program. So okay. it's, it's like the, the old, um, Ratio Studorum. So the, the program of studies that, um, Jesuit, uh, priests will go through in, in formation and, it, so a holdover from really, um, you know, hundreds of years ago and, and it was four years of Greek and Latin, um, not studying Greek and Latin merely, but reading texts in mm-hmm. those languages. Yeah. And, and I came from a classical ed high school. And so, uh, I was very attracted to the idea of, of digging in more deeply with some of the texts that I'd already been exposed to. Yeah. Uh, why phlo- philosophy in particular? Why does that interest you so much? You know, that's a good question. And I was I was a literature major, mm-hmm. a second major, for a couple of years, and then um, found myself um, attracted to the philosophy courses, in, in part because you could disagree with your professors without um, any kind of retribution. And <laughs> and um, I, I, was, I was a rather... Um, you know, not not inappropriately belligerent or anything like that, but I I I, I really valued and still value being able to articulate uh, refinements, disagreements, and I found that the faculty were 
were not just encouraging of that, but but actually honed my my uh, my skills in that regard. Yeah. Now beneath that, I realized that a lot of my attraction to literature was philosophically motivated, and and I I just love thinking about big ideas and the life of inquiry. Yeah. And, that reminds me of a great Chesterton quote uh, talking about his brother, and he said, my brother and I argued constantly, but we never once quarreled. Yeah. And I love that, and especially in the cancel culture that we're living in now, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, and maybe I should save this question, but the way that... Okay, I'm, I'm definitely getting ahead of myself, but, I, but remind me, because I want to talk about how the University of Dallas forms somebody to be able to get out of the culture mm-hmm. and be able to argue in the best sense of the word mm-hmm. and uh, defend themselves. But let, let me let me uh, come back to that, because I want to know, know more about you. You went on and uh, to the University of Buffalo and got a degree, a doctorate in 2001, mm-hmm. uh, from Cincinnati to, to Buffalo. Why, why, why there? Yeah, well, they, they have a, um, uh, quite famous program that's strong in the history of philosophy. I was also thinking of getting two PhDs, and they have a very strong classics program as well. And the, the number of children who were coming along motivated me to, uh, just rest content with, with <laughs> one PhD. And, and Becca and I, um, we were married after our sophomore year. We were financially independent and, uh, frankly, uh, University of Buffalo offered me a, a, a very attractive uh, stipend and health insurance um, plan. So th- that was part of it because at that time, uh, my wife had decided she really wanted to be home with the kids. Mm-hmm. And and so how do you how do you complete a Ph.D. and um, raise children simultaneously? And and uh, the program there helped make that possible. Yeah. Uh, you you said you went to even in high school you were learning classical. Did do you remember the time when you fell in love with learning? When you just said I, I love this because you know you, we're not even done. You went okay. on and got a fellowship from Fordham University. Uh, you were at Franciscan University of Steubenville uh, for for 13 years, and so yeah. your whole life has really been learning. You you must just absolutely love it. Well, my my mother was um, an author. She still is. Um, she may be listening to this program. So thanks for inspiring me, mom. And and I would. I would see her um, run off to her her bedroom and and um, work on articles. She's got a couple of, of books, so that was one inspiration. And and then my um, yeah, I, I wanted to be a um, a professional baseball player. That was my my <laughs> aspiration for never a long time. And yeah, uh, I, I there's this movie, The Rookie, which which inspired me. It came out about ten years ago. But the the um, um, I had a, a, a teacher, Dr. Roland Lassiter, who, who subsequent to teaching at the school I went to in South Bend, came down to the University of Dallas and taught at the University of Dallas and also um, uh, did some teaching at, at the Highland School. But uh, he taught me a, a course on on literature in, in my eighth grade year, and um, it, 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 part of it was the content of the course, but also the 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 uh, the character of the man who. Who was dedicated to a life of of learning, a life of inquiry, and um, that personally motivated me. I wanted to be a man like that. Mm-hmm. You have a particular interest in moral philosophy, 
And uh, is it a book you're writing before virtue, assessing contemporary virtue ethics? Is so that, that, that's, uh, pu- that's published. Okay, published. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, Catholic University of America Press uh, published that a few years ago. And I'm, I'm working on a book right now on the virtues and education. Because yeah. you're just not busy enough, you know, yeah, like you need right. to write a book. Right. <laughs> Working very slowly, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell us about your your faith background, Credo Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, good Catholic upbringing, Catholic schools, uh, maybe something about your spirituality. Sure. So um, I, I indeed am a Credo Catholic, and my parents were very involved and still are in um, the charismatic renewal. And so I, I grew up in the people of praise, which is a, um, a covenanted charismatic community as a kid. And been in the um, news uh, the last few years. That's, uh, that's, that's the group right. of Amy Coney, Amy Coney Barrett, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and so um, that was that was a, a very nurturing environment, and I certainly witnessed the way in which um, people um, uh, delighted in their in their uh, relationship with our Lord. When I was in college, I, I was initially I, I was very unprepared for um, some of what I experienced at at um, this this Jesuit um, university, and and just sort of surprised at. At um, the fact that that uh, faith was not particularly vibrant there, and um, was searching, and found my way in part through um, marriage prep um, to uh, some more traditional forms of, of spirituality, and um, began praying the, the rosary regularly. I, uh, a devotion to Mary is a um, uh, very much at the heart of my own spirituality. And, and as I made progress in my studies, um, I, I took St. Thomas Aquinas as a, a patron saint for my, my studies and um, was also working on his thought and have long felt an affinity for uh, the Dominican approach to, to thinking about the relationship between faith and reason. But um, it, when my wife and I decided to get married, we, we were very deliberate about focusing our marriage on Christ. And the church, we wanted to to uh, to raise godly children, and that has remained our focus, even though we've 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 matured and moved and done lots of things uh, since we were 19 mm-hmm. and got married at 20. Um, but but uh, through it all, that that sacramental union in our own desire um, to to uh, be faithful witnesses. To uh, to marriage has, yeah. has been with us. I love that story because there's so many people, and again, you know, not everybody's called to get married young, but some people feel like everything has to be settled, and they got to get that perfect job and earn X number of dollars before they get married. But y'all got married young yeah. and had a whole lot of kids, and here you are, the president of the University of Dallas, and everything seems to be going pretty well for you, despite that. Uh, that, <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, I, we we had a wonderful. Uh, uh, Jesuit priest who who married us, who, yeah. who's uh, stepping down this year as the president of uh, Xavier University, and he used this image um, in his homily at our at our wedding of um, what because he knew a lot of people had had responded to us at that time quite negatively. What are you doing? And and I even had professors tell me that I was throwing away my career, mm-hmm. um, promising academic or lawyer, um, and and here I am, um, you know, chaining myself to another person. And <laughs> and it was it, it was very negative. And 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 so the the priest who married us um, um, used the image of uh, people see windows 
um, closing here, whereas um, my wife and I, um, we see windows opening. And yeah. that, that really has been the case. I, mean, we, I, I studied in Europe when we had two children. We came home expecting our third. Um, uh, it have been extremely privileged to to do all of these things but but the idea that you get married and you're 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 set forever um, mm-hmm. life's no longer going to be adventurous <laughs> you, you know give up on on pursuing additional degrees and, and yeah. that sort of thing that 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 never seemed to be something that needed to lock us in yeah. and and um, I'm just so grateful for the ways in which God has has uh, given us the opportunities to to explore and grow and and, and serve him praise God uh, dr. Jonathan Sanford the new president of the University of Dallas as of March 8th uh, joins us here in studio if you have a question you want to ask him you yeah, we're going to be talking about the University of Dallas in particular, the vision, the future, uh, what makes it such a great university already and how it might even become better in the near future. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. Before that, though, you know, whenever I see you, you're always buttoned up. You you, you look great. Your people know you <laughs> as an academic, an intellectual. Uh, uh, you... You have had, from what I understand, jobs in manual labor. Have you been a business owner? I know you're a big sports fan. Tell us maybe some things outside that box of president of UD that people may not know about you. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Sometimes people are, are uh, they, they say how surprised they are when they see me not in a suit. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I worked for a, uh, a painting company. For many years, the same painting company, the Fussy Dutchman, was the, the name of the of the painting company that uh, was owned and operated by one of my high school teachers, Tom Ditz, um, who employed a lot of us, um, his students, and and I soon became the foreman for that painting company. I I, I worked for um, all my summers and breaks um, when when there was painting to be done during during Christmas. Um, I started my own painting company when I was in graduate school, um, and and uh, and I had my own little LLC, and and then um, uh, when I was in Steubenville, I I started to um, uh, refurbish um, uh, first the house we lived in, we moved out of, and we rented it, and 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 did that several times. So owned some properties and and would do almost all of the work myself. My older brother's a, a machinist and used to be a home contractor. We grew up uh, working with our hands. And um, as as to athletics, I, I I played baseball, basketball, soccer um, through high school, and um, and then in college was on the rowing team. Mm. And um, um, I don't get on the water uh, very often anymore, but we we do have a a rowing machine at home. But um, you, you can often find me on a on a Sunday afternoon uh, playing two on two basketball, um, sometimes three on three, with with uh, our kids in the backyard. No, oh, uh, and I'm not cool. wearing a suit at those times. <laughs> so. so you do take the suit off every that's now right. and then, right? That's right. Uh, very interesting. Again, Dr. Jonathan Sanford uh, joining us. Sounds like a, a really well-rounded person. So we talked about your academic background, being at Steubenville for 13 years. Mm-hmm. How did the, the UD opportunity avail? Because it doesn't sound like you had a background at University of Dallas. Otherwise, you're no. mostly up north, right. uh, Buffalo and, you know, um, in Ohio and Indiana. So how did that, how did that uh, relationship start? Well, that, that uh, high school teacher or eighth grade teacher, I mean, mentioned was part of it. So um, I knew he was attracted to the University of Dallas, Dr. Rollin Lassiter, as um, as a student at a, a classical education, um, uh, 7 through 12 school, UD was sometimes mentioned as, as a place that does this really well. So I, I admired the University of Dallas from afar, 
I, I had never planned to go into um, ac- academic administration. I, I went to graduate school to be a teacher mm-hmm. and and love teaching. But I, I did find myself in leadership positions at Franciscan and had had come close to making a decision to go back to to um, teaching full time. I was going to take a sabbatical and 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 um, the University of Dallas um, uh, started knocking on on my door, so to speak, um, or sending me persistent emails um, <laughs> telling me that that they'd really like me to apply to be the dean of our undergraduate college and. And after consulting with some friends, I, I um, decided to do that. And um, again, because I admire particularly the, the core curriculum and the way in which the core undergirds the majors um, at the university and it's uh, the university's commitment to the magisterium. Um, the uh, when I when I came down for my interview, a second round of interviews on campus, and gave an address to the faculty and and uh, was able to to meet many of the faculty for the first time and, and get to know them. I, I felt um, profoundly at home, even mm-hmm. though this this was like a foreign land to me at the time. Texas, Texas just seemed so far from the Midwest. And it is in many respects. But but on the other hand, um, I the the education is is that point of, of contact. And mm-hmm. and so I, I I, uh, what, what was admiration from afar became, um, really, um, a, a kind of love affair from within. And, yeah. and, uh, there's no other university that I would rather serve as, as president. And you came in 2015, so you've had about six years of uh, experience there. I love the video that you did that uh, Claire sent over to me. You said, this university is a special place. My own background, I have a master's degree from University of Dallas. My younger sister went there as an undergraduate. I grew up in Dallas. I went to Jesuit. I always thought UD was just kind of this local university and, you know, mm-hmm. just people locally went there. And my sister told me, oh, my one of my roommates is from California and I've got another one from Chicago and somebody from here. And I was yeah. like, wow, people from all across the country, if not the world, That's right. are coming to the University of Dallas. And That's so right. in your experience here, you mentioned it's a special place. Yeah. What makes the University of Dallas so special? Well, it's it's distinctive approach to undergraduate education if we're going to talk about the undergraduate programs i mean it it really is rigorous we really do uh, form our students well with respect to um, coming to understand the tradition and learning to write well it is so rare for universities to dedicate the kind of time that really needs to be given to fostering excellent writing our students are able then to be really successful whatever their their careers so the University of Dallas has this this commitment to a, a rigorous, serious Catholic education that liberates the mind, that um, liberates um, one in order to live a life in which they can um, strive to do great things. Right. So there's, I would say, an orientation towards living heroically that is part of the education, and 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 that comes in large part through um, working through the tradition. And, and our, our tradition, as you know, Dave, is, is not one, and I'm going to touch on, you had asked about disagreement and, mm-hmm. and how do we cultivate that? Because that's another point of, of real distinction at the university. Well, our, our tradition, if you, if you think about the fact that you, you read, um, Homer and you read Plato, uh, they did not see eye to eye. In fact, 
Plato was a fierce critic of Homer, the mm-hmm. educator of Greece, and Aristotle was a critic of his teacher Plato, and um, Augustine was um, at times highly critical of of Aristotle and Plato, and certainly of Homer and. And Aquinas refines um, Augustine in important ways. And there's that that big question that that Tertullian, who's not a saint, uh, asked. You know, what what does Athens have to do with Jerusalem? Right? <laughs> because those those two cities, which stand for such different traditions, um, they they are in conflict in fundamental ways. So, sitting in the classroom, wrestling with texts that that put questions to each other, and learning how to put questions to your fellow students through the the ministration of an excellent professor in the classroom fosters the 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 virtue of of being able to exercise rational disagreement right not losing your cool not not feeling as though uh, somebody has offended you because they disagree with your interpretation yeah. and and learning how to listen to your opponent's argument and um articulate it in a way that does it true justice in order to move forward with with one's particular uh, perspective, and then being willing to be persuaded in, mm-hmm. in the face of a stronger argument, so these these are are skills um, connected to I think fundamental virtues that our society desperately needs, right? So um, I don't know if it if it works as a slogan, but come to the University of Dallas where you learn to disagree with other people well. <laughs> right? um, I but, love how you say also in your video, you said students are cultured, humanized, and able to be leaders. You know, yeah. maybe that's what we need most in our culture is just a humanization and being able to see the humanity in each other because we're so right. divided, right? That's right. And being able to argue but not quarrel, that's as right. Chesterton said. Let me um, ask you about the future of the University of Dallas. You make it very clear in the video that the the, the the university is in a good place right now. You're yes. not you're not you know inheriting a mess. That's right. Uh, but at the same time, there's always new things that could be done. Something could be done better. So, what, what's what's your vision? Where would you like to see in the next year in five years? Well, I want to build on our on our excellence. Um, build up in those programs that are. Um, providing the education that I just described. We also have outstanding programs on the graduate level, as you know, um, in theology and philosophy, also in business. We have a thriving business school, and being able to, to shape those who are engaged in commerce is is really important. So how, we're going to focus on how to do that better. We also want to really increase our service to church and country and find new ways to do that. So here's here's an example. We've recently done some reorganization at the university. The the School of Ministry is going to become the Newhoff Institute for Ministry and Evangelization. That will focus on the continuing education of those in parishes and, and other places. We're in in uh, significant conversations with the Diocese of Dallas about how to do that well, as well as with other dioceses. The degree programs there are moving into um, the Department of Theology. And Matt Kramer was just in here. We're partnering with the Catholic Foundation to uh, found a homiletics institute. Mm. And that homiletics institute is laser-focused on helping priests and deacons and improve their their homilies, giving them the the tools that they need to be even more effective homilists and also to help them to build 
community with each other because mm-hmm. so many of our priests are are isolated um, from each other. So those are those are some of the um, areas that that we're focusing on. Yes, and uh, we got a few minutes left. We might want to stretch a tiny bit. Uh, Dr. Jonathan Sanford uh, joining me here, new president of the University of Dallas as of March eighth, and. You can learn more about the University of Dallas at udallas.edu. And um, there's some upcoming events. I don't know if we'll have time to touch on this, but there is a uh, program right going on right now where I, I think a vast, vast majority of the students at UD are receiving some kind of financial aid. And if you go to udallas.edu, the first thing you see are some groundhogs, and there's a program going on right now. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so, can so it, it? It, we call it the CORE Challenge, and um, this was started by our National Alumni Board as a way to help raise funds to help our students. 96% of our of our students receive some form of financial aid. Uh, so parents who are, who are looking at the cost of college, sticker price is one thing. Um, actual price tends to, to be something else. We work hard to meet the needs of uh, our prospective students, and we, we want the right kinds of students at our at our university. What I mean by the right kind of student, those who are really eager for the kind of education that we provide, those who are hungry, right? Um, so uh, that, that's something you can learn about just by going to the front page of our website. Other events, we, we, we're hosting a conference on uh, the theme America, Liberalism, and Catholicism with some, some major speakers, Patrick Deneen, Ross Douthat, of the New York Times, Chad Pecknold of uh, Catholic University of America, and some of our own outstanding faculty, Chris Wolf, Dan Burns, Gladden Pappen. Um, but taking up the question, what is the role of Catholicism within our political order? And we, we're at a, a, a strange moment in this mm-hmm. country, and um, people of, of, of faith are trying to figure out their place within the uh, um the, the republic. So, um, it's, it's the kind of conference that, um, um, I don't know if it's only the University of Dallas would host, but, but it's, it, um, not, not the sort of conference you're going to find many places where, where there's, there's going to be serious engagement with these questions. So, unfortunately, because of COVID, um, numbers will be limited on campus, but we will be streaming the, uh, the major talks. And that's going to be April 15th and 16th and also April 12th. George Weigel will be speaking, uh, seeing the world and the church through the eyes of JP2. And so that's, uh, you can probably learn all about that by going to that same website, udallas.edu. You're currently still serving as provost. Yeah. (laughs) You're kind of doing it all, aren't you? Yeah, not sleeping a whole lot. Uh, so, and, uh, we're about, uh, we're out of time, so I gotta wrap this up. But, uh, again, uh, the, the role of a president as opposed to a provost, as Mm -hmm. opposed to a dean, what's the primary purpose and role of a president of a university? Yeah, the president sets the, the academic vision for the entire university and is the the public face of the university. So the the shift here, and, and I'm, I'm provost just until July 1st. We have okay. an outstanding interim provost who will be stepping into the role. Dr. Tammy Leonard is her name. And um, so the provost is really focused on, on the details and mm-hmm. in the weeds quite a bit. And the president, as a CEO, has to be in the weeds but needs to be able to rely upon um, those who are overseeing particular areas so that his or her eyes can be focused on ways in which um, the the university can be advanced in the in the community. So in DFW, I will be um, working hard to make sure that people understand the relevance of the University of Dallas, what we have to provide. I will also be um, working on on national positioning and 
um, uh, helping people see that that the University of Dallas provides the paradigm. I think the the most outstanding paradigm for a Catholic liberal arts university. All right, premier Catholic liberal arts university in the United States and uh, right here in our backyard, literally just a couple of miles from where we're broadcasting. The new president is Dr. Jonathan Sanford, and uh, he's been coming here every fourth Monday for many years. I hope you continue to do it. Uh, That's the plan. That's the plan. No, all right. And, and so grateful for being able to do that and, and, yeah. and talk about what's going on at the university and yeah. our outstanding faculty. Well, well thank you for, for coming in. Congratulations. And I know the school is in, university is in great hands. And thanks also to Claire Venegas again for her help in uh, arranging this and also providing me some background information at Dr. Sanford. So thanks for coming in.